0: Hello and welcome to Glitch Cube, we're a gaming podcast and each week we take a deeper look into the art of video games. As always, I'm Christian
1: and I'm Chris
0: and thank you so much for joining us. We are continuing our little mini series as we journey around the world through video games and our next stop on our trip around the world is South America. Now South America has some pretty big heavy hitters when it comes to gaming particularly Brazil Brazil is actually huge with gaming, so we decided to make an episode purely on games and gaming culture coming out of Brazil. So we are trying to stay out of there for this episode, and we're going to be bringing you games from other parts of the country because there are some interesting ones out there for sure. Something that needs to be brought attention to, of course, like all these other games. But last week, or not last week, two weeks ago, <laughs> we started this little <laughs> journey going through Mexico. And that was really, really cool. So now we want to continue that, that, I guess, excitement, right? And just keep traveling, mm-hmm. and see where we end up next. Where we go after this, we have no idea. But <laughs> and for now, we're just enjoying the journey in South America. So South American games are very interesting. Like everything that I was finding, it does have a very retro feel to it, right? Like, That seems to be like a very common thread between most of their games, or a lot of them at least. And it's really, really nice to see because it's it's retro with polish. You know, like they are very modern style games, but you can tell that they are paying homage to the predecessors, like what we all grew up playing. And I think that is a good way to kind of lead into the first game that we want to talk about, which is Tunche. 2 is a fantastic little beat 'em up 2D side scroller game. Art style is amazing. It's gorgeous, like it's really really clean, really polished. Um kind of like a it's very like I guess like a Steven Universe but better, <laughs> right? Like like it's very interesting That's a good way of putting it. Yeah, yeah, like it's it's like a more cleaned up modern Steven Universe. Like they it's Steven Universe if they decided to shade anything, I guess, right? Like <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like that. So, But besides that, this game is really cool. You play as a group of, they look like children, right? but they're all members of uh, different Amazon tribes uh, as you go battle the evil entities throughout the rainforest. And it's really cool to see a game that's actually set in the rainforest of the Amazon, right? Like, it's really interesting, and it creates really, really, like, intricate backdrops and just a bunch of stuff for you to like visually enjoy uh, as you're playing through this game because you know 2d side scrollers they can get a little repetitive you know like it's Mm -hmm. it's kind of the same thing as you go along but seeing the sceneries and seeing how much work went into the environment itself really i think keep you interested and keep you involved in the game itself not to mention the flashy combos and all the different abilities and all that fun stuff are just really really well done and this game actually is on basically every system at this point started out as a kickstarter game like most do and it it's just, it's blowing up right now. It's doing fantastic. And there's actually a really cool quote that I wanted to read to you guys. It's from their Kickstarter campaign that was pledged a long time ago. It did make the money, of course, because we have it now. But so the quote is, Amazon folklore speaks of a deadly creature that wanders the rainforest, a being of no discernible shape that confronts people with their inner selves, leaving the unworthy to unworthy date to die deep in the jungle they call it tunche so it's just a really cool bit of lore that they were spouting from and you can tell that like that's obviously the whole premise of the game travel deep through the rainforest and defeat tunche <laughs> but hmm. what's your view on this game what do you think about it
1: i think it's really pretty uh, i like the style it uh i know that it it was obviously created way before the date it came out which is i didn't realize it was last year i thought it came out way before that um because as someone who loves beat-em-ups i remember hearing about this mostly because the hat and the time Mm, kit is in there and you know i was like i love the visuals it kind of has that Streets of Rage 4 look to it a little bit where it's like that like I don't want to say hand painted kind of look to it but I don't know there's something about the style of it I really like but I haven't actually had a chance to play it even though I love these kind of games but you know I've heard people really enjoy it I've heard the the combat's actually pretty good and I think it's a really interesting concept too like every character does look unique and I like how They're their own classes, too, like, you know, a sorcerer, musician, Mm -hmm. looks like one that kind of flies, a basic warrior, and then the hat kid. But I like that. It looks like there's skill bait, like a skill tree, too, which is also really different and interesting, because I feel like you don't really see skill trees in these kind of games that often.
0: Yeah. It's also a roguelike too, which is really cool to think about. Like because huh. it, it fits so well with the theme of traveling through the Amazon forest. Like you hear stories of people getting lost wandering through there. So every time you do die and you start over your run, the forest itself changes. And now you have to adapt to that. So like you can't learn that strict rhythm, right, of each game. But the another cool thing that they added in, which I love is a lot of the bosses and enemies that you face in the game are actually based on Latin American legends. So, for mm. instance, one of them is called the... I'm going to butcher the name, I'm sorry, but the the Butu, or Botu, which is a giant dolphin. <laughs> and what's really interesting about this boss, and I totally forgot about it until I saw the imagery about of it, is that the dolphin's pink, and there's actually a lot of pink dolphins in the Amazon River. And it's it's very very interesting. Like I I don't really really remember. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like there's full flocks of pink dolphins. So this is that was just a clothing brand. (laughs) No, it's a real thing. (laughs) (laughs) Just really funny, but it's it's pretty cool to see that kind of stuff. Or they even have um, like the what is it the mapping map which is a colossal sloth like creature that you can fight too so the fact that they're bringing in uh actual like latin american legends and lore and creatures like you know part of, like cryptozoology creatures almost as these hmm. epic bosses that you fight is super super cool i i love it yeah and like the the characters themselves are amazing like uh, for instance one of them daru the accursed he actually has the his arms are bird arms like they're wings right and like he can kind of like float a little bit a lot of his combos are aerial based which is really interesting uh yeah and i'm i'm curious as to how he actually got that ability but i guess he must have been like cursed by some sort of legend i'm sure that there's some lore behind that but it's really really cool to see that stuff that's really cool huh yeah, it's been a lot of fun. I, I this is the more that I'm looking into it, and it's the great thing about this little series that we're doing is because like there's while this is a game that neither of us have played, I can tell you now like I really want to play this even more now than I did before, and I probably will now because of how interesting it actually is and how much work really went behind this title, and how, the fact that they try to keep it as true to. Uh, lore as possible where like even the characters themselves are like the the makeup and the wardrobes and things like that are based off of you know different amazon tribes and stuff like that so it's really really cool
1: yeah i really love this series i feel like and not only am i learning about a lot of new games but like doing all this research and i know half the time we probably don't get to a lot of the games like kind of find out but it's still like fascinating like how much really comes from really everywhere all over the world. Like places you wouldn't expect. It's yeah. Friggin' awesome.
0: Yeah, there's so many, so many titles.
1: <laughs> uh so for the next one, this is a game that I actually I was playing this pretty much right before Elden Ring, but uh
0: it's just taking over yeah. everyone's lives.
1: Yeah, i I thought I was going to get sick of it within the first hour, but here I am, fifty hours in, and I, I, I crave to play already. Yeah, hours already. I, I I took almost, I took like five days off this past week. I was off because I wanted to play the damn game.
0: That's more than a full time job. (laughs) That's impressive. I know,
1: and I maybe have been idle like maybe two hours of it, but. Yeah, the other day I put about 16 hours in one day. Holy crap, that's insane. But, I mean,
0: you did take, like you said, you did take time off to play this game. So, for a bit of context for people who are hearing that, like, yeah, this game did just come out by the time this episode releases. We'll add another week to it, but the game's only been out for, what, like six days?
1: Yeah. Yeah, something like that. It's almost a week.
0: But... Like I said, you did, you know, take time out of work specifically for this, which is really cool. I love that. I commend that.
1: <laughs> I don't know why either. Because, I mean, this is not the kind of game that I would do that for. You know, like, I would do that for maybe, like, a Final Fantasy game or something. And I was just like, Triangle you know what? Strategy. Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that seems like a game you would definitely want some time off for to right. understand yeah. it. Yeah. But um, anyway, so yeah. before yeah. that. I was playing this game, and it is on Game Pass for all you out there that have it. If not, it is available, I think, on everything. I know it's on PlayStation, because that's where actually I'm playing it. And it's also on the Switch, and it's called uh, Chris Tales. It's a game made by Dreams Unincorporated, which are from Columbia. And the art style is really... Unique. It has this style to it that I don't think I've ever really seen in a game. Like, the art style is very bright. It pops. I don't know what kind of art style you would call that. Like,
0: I'm trying to think of the right term for it. It's kind of like Art Nouveau. So, if if you see, like, there's a famous artist named um, Mucha. Mm-hmm. who did a lot of like he was deemed as one of like the first graphic designers right like his very interesting style so i would look at some of their paintings and kind of comparatively wise it feels like that mm. where it's super colorful there's a lot of depth but it's very flat at the same time
1: yeah it's very interesting That's a really good point but i mean this game is in my opinion it's stunning i love it and it actually works really well with the game mechanics to it uh basically you are a time mage and you work by going into the past and present it's not as in-depth you know as chrono trigger or chrono cross any of those like time traveling games but i think not only is this a good homage to that style or like that kind of story it really does something different, and I'm kind of bummed that this game didn't get more attention when it came out. Because I remember, I think it was the Nintendo Direct that showed this off, mm-hmm. or no, it might have been the PlayStation. It, 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 I know it was during one of the uh, like game events. Was it on
0: Next Fest too?
1: That must have been a long time. That must have been way before I even was looking at Fest. But I I I think it was E3 or something. And I remember seeing the trailer and I was like, whoa, that looks beautiful. And everyone in the chat was like, snore. You know, like everyone was like, ah, this is like whatever. And I'm like, dude, this game looks sick. Like, I love turn-based RPGs. And this game actually does it really well, in my opinion. Um, It the thing that i love about this game especially and i didn't know about this until i was doing some research is that a lot of the architecture and the settings are inspired by columbia by different landmarks you know landscape even just the mountains the land like it's very interesting um carlos roche who's the ceo of dreams unincorporated Described it as magic realism in reverse. And he actually calls it endemic fantasy, which turns everyday things from your surroundings into the fantasy world.
0: I love that.
1: Right? That's and the cool amazing. thing is like, oh, that's awesome. that it's not just like landscape that they did, but they also took stuff from like, you know, the native cultures in the past, different like heirlooms or items from, you know, centuries ago. And even animals, you know, your your sidekick is a little frog with a hat and it's modeled after I don't know the actual term the, of it, but it's like a little yellow frog. frog. Yeah. Oh yeah, the dart frog, yes. Mm-hmm.
0: And Which is adorable looking, but don't touch it.
1: <laughs> oh yeah. You don't want to look at the frog? Mm, um, maybe just once. <laughs> just a little. Yeah, just um <laughs> and this game's cool because it to me, kinda going back to the gameplay again. So you can play them normally, right? Just in your normal turn base, nothing to do with time. The game might be harder, right? So say you're fighting an enemy, you poison them, and you know, you could wait your turns for them to hurt. Or you can spend some uh, mana and speed up time, right? So you can make that edge of the screen into the future And when you do that, they'll die because the poison will have already kicked in and it worked all those turns.
0: I think that's an important concept to kind of explain a little bit more is the way that time is shifting in the game. Because it's a mechanic that you don't see ever. I've never seen that way of doing time travel. But do you want to kind of explain that little triangle or like the edges of the screen thing?
1: Yeah. So basically, for the most part, the left part of your screen as in the past. And then in the middle triangle, it's the present. And then on the right, it's the future. And when you run around the map, you'll see the city kind of look different or really any setting that you go to. It's not even just in battles. And it kind of helps because that's how you find different quests. You can see like how the town looked before or how it will look. And something that I loved is like, say, in the past, the the shop owner, he's like a big burly dude, and ha- he has like a little girl, right? When you go to the present, that girl is maybe like a teenager, and then on the future slide, when you if you like move all the way to the left to see her, she's an adult, mm-hmm. and I really loved seeing the evolution of the cities do that and it's also kind of catered on your choices with each chapter you do have choices that kind of matter and it actually changes uh the setting right and the story so like some things can look different in the future some can look different in the past that triangle with the time carries over to battle too And basically, you spend points by emphasizing, you know, do I want to send these to the past? Do I want to send these to the future? And for the most part, you have to utilize that feature. Mm -hmm. Um, I've only gotten maybe about three hours into it. So, I haven't seen like how in-depth it really gets. Well, but in, the, from... in the
0: demo, like, I, I played through the demo, the ending boss mm-hmm. fight of the demo was really played on that past, present, future mechanic, and it was yeah. really interesting because they have a super high defense, right? Like, they have a big shield that they oh, block yeah, the everything. Water. Yeah. And if you use a water spell on them in the present and then shift it to the future, their shields become rusted out and their defense is now lowered. So, it's mm-hmm. really interesting to kind of, it's like playing 5D chess, right? Like, you're You're thinking about what you can do now to affect the future to change the way right or like even if you go into the past, like maybe this warrior isn't as strong anymore because now they don't have the training that they went through you know like so yeah they're like a
1: kid or something like right. they they're really weak right
0: So there's a lot of really, really cool stuff in there that they've included with this time mechanic where it's not just as you're exploring the world, it's in combat too and now you have to change your strategies up based on that because I can tell you now if you just stuck in the present you probably won't win this fight. It's not going to happen. Oh yeah. But being able to actually manipulate time and then sense gives you the it, it's basically finding that last puzzle piece, right? And like puts it all together. So it's it's really really cool and it is unfortunate that this game is did not receive as much buzz as it deserves because this is a mechanic that's new it's fresh it's a new take on the time travel and it's it's done in a very very clever way
1: yeah i was i was really surprised by it you know it's it's not only flashy but it has a mechanic that's new it's different and i don't know it just it had that like cute look to it but the story was actually like deeper than i thought it would be and I mean, I recommend this game for anybody that has Game Pass just because, you know, it, it, it's free, basically, with Game Pass. So, like, yeah. why not try it out? But if you're on the fence, I would say do the demo. The demo has a good representation of, like you said, the time travel part of it to understand if you're going to like it. Because that will be something that you have to use in future battles. And it... It's really cool and different and because you have to switch it around like that, I felt like battles weren't really stale. It was mm-hmm. it was fun. Like I I was really enjoying this game. Like it I probably will go back to it after I beat Elden Ring, but yeah. I'm yeah. And seeing these pictures, I'm like, damn now, I kinda wanna just play a little bit. I know,
0: it's gorgeous. And actually there's one other thing too. It didn't just pull from the environment of Columbia. It actually got its name from a a landmark in Colombia too. So apparently the name Cristales actually comes from the Caño Cristales which means it's a a multicolored river which I would think is insane, but it kind of makes sense too whenever you think about the way that the screen looks, right? Like you have three different color palettes going on at the same time and it Constantly, right? So it's it's just kind of showing off that beauty. And apparently the the Caño Cristales becomes like the thing, it's called like the Rainbow Lake that's within the game itself. So they kind of mm-hmm. included it too. But it's such a really nice touch. And that's, I don't know, it's just really cool. They're, they really wanted to make sure that they were showing off Colombia in a positive light. And I think that they accomplished that. And if you have not seen images of this river... You have to look it up. It is amazing. I actually have it. Oh Come
1: boy! On. Oh wow! Wow! Yeah, I can really see that now with the game. Now it makes sense why everything's like really bright and vibrant. Yeah. Like this is wow. Now yeah, I want to learn like why it's like that. It
0: like for for everyone listening out there, it if you whatever you're thinking it looks like you're wrong <laughs> like yeah this is like completely... i want to say it's like a
1: rainbow but yeah. it's not
0: it, it's completely like unbelievable it looks like people threw dye into the river but that's the natural river i think it's the algae that's there that's giving off that uh... color but it's it's crazy what a great place of like source of inspiration i can totally tell yeah. where that came from now
1: i mean it's good i feel like so many people look at colombia and just think like pablo escobar and drugs which is sad you know because the country's beautiful and i mean the people like at least i never been there but from what i understand they're really nice as well you know it's mm-hmm. it's sad that media really portrays the country so negatively when you know there's beauty and the people are you know yeah how can you be a bad, bad person
0: with this river right next to your home
1: yeah hate
0: right? like that's crazy All right. So I think for the next game or the next studio that I want to bring up, I want to bring up RT Games. And RT Games is a Peruvian independent AAA game developer. Hmm. Um, And they make really interesting games. And one of the things that I wanted to bring up, at first glance, there's this game called Uncali. Um, It does not seem like it really fits within South American culture, or at least that's something you wouldn't think. But whenever you actually dive into what it's about and kind of do a little bit of research on the country itself, it starts to make a little bit more sense. So the game itself is actually uh, like the setting is Paris. So it's in France. So you're thinking now, okay, that's great. Why are you talking about a French game? But it was made in South America. It was made in Peru. So we got to go back a lot in history. And this is kind of one of the amazing things and things I was most excited about when doing research on games like this, and especially ones from Mexico as well, is the where they're pulling their inspiration from. And... Back in the day, France did colonize certain parts of South America, doing in order to acquire dye wood, which they used to trade with other countries and stuff like that. So, while the French were there, they obviously, you know, mixed and mingled with the culture and the people. And we actually have a lot of people who are French descendants who live in like Peru and various parts of South America. So it. Seems almost natural to kind of have a fascination, I guess, with France itself and maybe make a game based off of some of their ideas or what they were envisioned what France would be like, if that makes sense. Hmm. So Oncali is a third-person action-adventure video game, um, with magical elements set in the early days of the XX century. So it's kind of it's history past, but not exactly past. So they can kind of, you know. It just means they can make up whatever they want. <laughs> so, but the main story itself is, is from the website, right? So the story follows um, Antoine, a French journalist who is on the search of answers about his wife's murder. On his journey, he will set across on Kali, a group of rebels that fight against the sect, the biggest and most dangerous group in the world. So it's pretty interesting because the. World itself isn't just like a murder mystery kind of game. It almost reminds me of uh, like H.P. Lovecraft in a sense, right? So huh. the world is apparently filled with like myths of old cultures, gods of creation, and conspiracies of global scale, right? So like there's all this idea that's being, or ideas that are being in, in injected into this title, which is interesting because it's coming from a Peruvian game developer about historical France, which, yes, okay, we can make any kind of game we want, right? We can put it in any kind of setting, but it's, it's interesting to think that, like, that idea had to have come from somewhere, and I can't help but think that it might have come from, you know, hearing about great-great-grandma's stories of France, right, and maybe romanticizing about it a little bit and then kind of expanding the world from there. But the sad thing about this title, though, is that there isn't really a lot on it. So it's kind of up in the air as to when it might come out. Is it still coming out? Is it even still in development? There's a lot of... Like I got a lot of questions, (laughs) and there's not a lot (laughs) of answers, unfortunately, because the game itself does sound really interesting, especially whenever you start looking at who designed it, where they're from, what's their history with... This nation, maybe there's some negativity based, uh, like in there as well, um, as how they view France and what they did. You know, like the, mm. the the people who colonized those areas were not good people. We know that for a fact. Like it's yeah. just it's natural, but like that's so I'm kind of curious as to where they take it. Like, how far are they going to go with that? Is France going to be shown in a bright light or a negative one? I don't know, but regardless of the fact the game does sound really interesting and I would be super excited to see more of it. But unfortunately, like I said, there isn't that much.
1: (laughs) I mean, from the, the images, it, it looks interesting, you know, like it, I think that something in that setting could be, you know, an interesting play, you know, especially the way it looks. I'm like, Oh, like it took me a minute to remember when you were talking about this game because I'm like, why does it sound familiar and i was like oh yeah it's the game that kind of disappeared Mm -hmm. but it's such an interesting idea because i mean i don't think there really is a game out there with that setting so i mean it is weird that nothing's been posted about it because i mean it looks like a lot of work went into what they were doing yeah like that's not Oh, I made this in like a week like that's like oh they they spent a lot of time making this game. Yeah, no, like, it's not
0: one of the one of those like indie unity builds that someone did during a game jam like this is full three d render like really intricate details, and like even have they even have a orchestra soundtrack, which is really cool and wow. it, so it's like they were really going all out on this, but there's not much information as to like there's some information on the site saying like available on PS5 and Xbox and all that stuff but I can't find it <laughs> so
1: it's that's what's weird it says PS5 so I'm like they must have updated that like recently yeah you know so I'm I'm very curious to see
0: what comes of it it's definitely going to be one of those that I'll keep on my radar um similar to uh, that one game it was actually started development in France now that we're talking about it but stray the cat that or just stray oh, yeah. That game was one of those that kind of disappeared for a while. There was a demo reel about it. I remember he- watching some videos uh when I was in when I first went back to City College. That was I don't know, like seven years ago. And then it kind of just wow. like dropped off. Like we didn't hear anything. And then all of a sudden last year, it's like, boom, this game is being made. It looks amazing. Like, so I'm kind of hoping that Uncali is gonna be another one of those where they're kind of like shying away from media just to focus on the gameplay itself and really polish it out.
1: It's better that way sometimes, you know, it's like if people start seeing it, then people say what they should do. And then, yeah, especially for like a breakout title,
0: right? Like, I feel like it's so much better to do that. Yeah. Yeah. So I
1: know with, uh, another one real quick with Peru, um, one of my old favorite games was made there. Uh, If anyone likes tower defense, Kingdom Rush is from there. Kingdom Rush and, uh, is
0: amazing. It's a great game.
1: The game has nothing like it doesn't look like or anything like dealing with the culture, but for a tower defense game, to me, that was like one of my faves. Like it's another I, one of I those love, like
0: classic ideas done to perfection.
1: Yeah, the art style was great. Like it, you know it kind of in, i think it was one of the first that had like not only a tower defense part but you had your little hero running around kind of helping with it yeah and i don't know i was addicted and i didn't realize like there were so many kind of spinoffs or sequels to it like i played i think the original on frontiers and i didn't know there's like two other ones now which i think i played like kind of cool
0: i think i played all of them actually damn
1: but yeah, that game's great. amazing games. If you guys like those, I know they're mobile and I don't know if Congregate still a thing, like flash games. I don't know because I know they were getting rid of that kind of stuff. But um, I used to play the shit out of it on the phone.
0: Yeah, but. that was definitely like one of my first big phone games. I think it was one of the ones that like actually got me into like phone games because that one was huge
1: for me. Yeah, I think it actually was my first big phone game, I think.
0: So really quickly hopping back into with another smaller game, um, actually a couple smaller games from a indie studio. The studio itself is called Seventh Beat Games, and they are a very interesting company with a very interesting concept behind their games. So they make hardcore one button rhythm games. So all of their games are based off of just using one single button. But the art style is really, really great. Super interesting. Like, just seems really fun to play. And the fact that it's just a simple, like, one-button kind of arcade style game really does speak a lot to where their history is with gaming. Like, Like we mentioned earlier in the episode... Indie, or not indie games, the like more arcade, classic style games are huge in South America. So it's only natural that we see a lot of games who that replicate that. But like we said, they do classic games, but to perfection. And these ones, despite being such simple concepts, really do look like almost perfect games for what they are. So there's some cool stuff out there. Like uh, the one game that I'm looking at right now is called Rhythm Doctor. And... Rhythm Doctor looks really, really good as far as the art style goes. Looks really interesting. So the synopsis of it on Steam is, you know, save patients with your rhythm mastery. Rhythm Doctor is a rhythm game where you heal patients by defibrillating in time to their heartbeats. Learn each patient's unique heartbeat and defeat boss viruses trying to sabotage your rhythm. So it's it's really interesting, like super simple concepts, but it's nice to see
1: that's kind of cool. Yeah. Uh I think for me my last one is uh there's a team located in Chile called Ace Team. And they for me I feel like they're one of the few studios where I found quite a or I've played actually quite a bit of these titles without even knowing it was them or where it was from. I would say maybe they're biggest or most well-known actually maybe rock of ages might be popular compared to their other stuff yeah
0: i would say rock of ages is probably their biggest one
1: yeah they did they did all three and if for anyone out there that doesn't know basically it's a game where you're a boulder and you have to go and like kind of knock stuff over but it's like monty python kind of retellings of history yeah it's uh they're interesting i've only played the first one And I mean, I liked what I played, but it's, you know, it's nothing too crazy, but some of their other games that I actually really enjoyed were the Xenoclash titles. They're, uh, they're very weird. If, if you're interested in games that just don't really like they're too obscure, obtuse, anything like that, like, I would say those games would fit that perfectly, like, I don't know how to describe like I play I beat Xenoclash the original and it's such a weird game that I can't even tell you really like <laughs> what yeah. what happened or what it was it's just the creatures are weird and the story is just like you're like in a dream world or something and I heard the sequel is a little different in that regard but I mean, they're usually pretty cheap on the computer, so if you guys want like a cheap game, I would say maybe grab it. I know that they're making apparently a third game to it, but it, it looks kind of different. Um, some of their other titles that I will go real quickly over. Abyss Odyssey was another interesting one. It's kind of like a side-scrolling, not really a beat em up i feel like at times it was like a mild metroidvania a little bit like exploration and has a very unique style to it uh apparently it was kind of uh inspired by like stained glass kind of look painting yeah, and cool. stuff so you yeah. you see a lot of the character portraits look as if it's from like a stained glass it's it was interesting i, I played a little bit back in the day like years ago and i thought it was it was different you know Um, and a title that I actually picked up maybe about a month ago that I didn't know was made by them was called the Internal, the Eternal Cylinder. And uh, it's kind of hard to describe it, but basically you start off as like a little creature, and you got to go around eating other little creatures and try to survive the environment. Like spore, right? Kind of, yeah. It's a little bit like that. It's it's not as like. world building and stuff a spore i would say i mean i would say it's more like cubivore but i feel like not many people really know what that is but basically you're just a little like creature and you got to eat other creatures to get bigger Mm -hmm. and at the same time you're also trying to survive the environment like certain areas maybe the sun will be hitting too hard so you have to find a way to cover it up and as also you're kind of leading the pack of other little creatures from your species to survival and it's it's interesting like i played a little bit of it so far i didn't get too far into it but i like the idea and it's different and i feel like that's a title i didn't see anyone talk about and i kind of love playing those kind of games because they're just so different and weird which kind of fits in with all their other games really now looking at it like all their games are kind of odd
0: yeah they all seem really really out there and actually looking at the internal cylinder more right now it looks really interesting like, i'm kind of surprised that this isn't one that kind of you know got picked up and just kind of blew up secretly right like this looks like it could be like a little cult classic kind of game so yeah and then, if it, like yeah, like you said, their games are super weird. Like if you look at another one of theirs, uh, the Deadly Tower of Monsters, it's just a mm. super bizarre looking game. It just it looks like um, it's really paying like homage to you know like seventy sci-fi kind of feel, like with like weird robots and giant apes with like a metal cap on their head where they're obviously like brain controlled or like genetically altered to be smarter even the spacesuits look like very retro fitting. like it's very interesting titles but like the the game studio itself is just seems to be filled with just kind of cheeky humor right like you can tell they're not Mm -hmm. taking themselves too seriously which is nice so it's kind of like a nice change of pace i would say
1: yeah it's a little different
0: Yeah. Well, all right, I think that's going to do it for us in our journey into South America, but not all of South America. Like I mentioned in the beginning of the episode, Brazil is a major heavy hitter, and we are going to be dedicating an entire episode to Brazil alone because the culture is super rich. There's a lot of things to pull from, a lot of inspiration, and there's a lot of games and a lot of interesting gaming culture that's coming out of Brazil specifically. So be on the lookout for that episode when it drops. And we hope you guys have enjoyed this next installment as we travel around the world. And we will talk to you all next week as we dive deeper into the world of games. Alright, bye. Bye.